Hey listeners, producer Cam here. The economy is getting back underway, and with it the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you are not already a The Athletic subscriber, for a limited time receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com forward slash subscribe. Again, Bloomberg.com forward slash subscribe to sign up today. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. Your host with the co-host Eric O'Flaherty, the co-host with the mostest in Seattle, and <laughs> former Braves reliever O'Flaherty. What's happening, man? Not much, man. Just uh, taking all this drama in with Tatis today. Um, <laughs> yeah baseball's been uh, fun to watch though i mean it's been it's been fun to watch so far it has been man and then the nba playoffs have started now and it's like i didn't think this stuff was possible you know and they have the fake noise there too and you really can't tell at the nba game <laughs> you can't tell i get fooled every time i mean so every once in a while there'll be a play where you know the, the scoreboard yeah. guy whoever's doing it messes up but for most of it man yeah i watch the games and I, it feels normal well, they still the the the, the point uh, that I the thing that I pointed out early the flaw in it so yeah. far in MLB is they don't have a reaction for disappointment. So last night when the Nationals jumped out to the big early lead against the Braves, they had a couple of home runs by Soto and Garcia, and there was no oh, there's a, it's just stops, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder just, if MLB gave him that button or not. I mean, it, it'd be no realistic booing. to have it though. There needs to at least be that disappointed kind of moaning. Yeah, because they would have been booing Tukey last night when he's walking guys in, you know, when he's walking the yard. <laughs> they would have been yeah, booing. Yeah, but how do, you, how do you explain that, you know, if you're Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, we got to make it realistic. Look up to the press box. There's some guys up there yeah. moving the levers. There'll be MF and the guy pointing to it. But anyway, let's, uh, let's get to the subject at hand today in baseball, which is Fernando Tatis Jr., Let's start with the fact that he leads the majors with 11 homers and 28 ribbies. The kid is 21 years old. He has fewer than 500 career plate appearances in the majors, which is just startling when you see him play. He's after playing 83 games as a rookie in 2019 and only finishing third in the rookie of the year balloting, which I think is going to be a trivia question someday. Who finished ahead of Fernand Tatis Jr. for 2019 rookie of the year? And the answer, of course, Pete Alonso, who set a major league rookie home run record to win it, and Atlanta's own Mike Soroka. But I think uh, 20 years from now, people might be a little startled when they see that Tatis only finished third in rookie of the year. Well, yeah, if he keeps this up, especially. I mean, yeah. he's just been – I mean, it seems like he hits a home run every game this year. And they're impressive shots, too. Like the ball he hit last night, you know. Two of them last night. <laughs> yeah, the ball – it's crazy, man. He's I – always, I always think it's cool, too, you know, seeing – uh, major leaguer son do what they yeah. do and, and kind of going over that conversation of, of how much of his genetics or the coaching that you're getting from a, a guy and everything he learned you know if he just accelerated that that process of of who he was going to be anyway but it's it's always cool to see a you know a father son and kind of compare him his oppo home run last night by the way reminded what you were talking about reminded of uh acuna's yeah in the, in the swing it just didn't look like it should go out and it just kept going the way he moves, man. I mean, it, I've seen some side shots of his swing. You know, he's not yeah. a big guy either. He's I'm, he he's looks like he's under two hundred pounds. You know, he's, he's not big and bulky. Too. Yep, yeah. he just he yeah. sequences his swing so well. Um, same with yeah, Soto. That ball Soto hit last night. Oh man, he's that ball was rushing rushed. Balls. Yeah, and he crushes balls to opposite field. And it, it just it, he doesn't hit ten scrapers. No, so. he doesn't. He hits <laughs> he hits shots. So of course, the controversy around Tatis. The swirling debate today in MLB circles is a result of him breaking one of baseball's unwritten rules, which are at least as controversial themselves now and debatable at this point as what Tatis actually did. Uh, in other words, there's a lot of people that have, you know, for the last few years starting to uh, are really perturbed at the unwritten rules and think they should go the way of the dinosaur. But 
he swung at a 3-0 pitch and hit a grand slam with the Padres up by seven runs. Yeah. Uh, in the eighth inning against Texas last night. That pissed off the managers and plenty of veteran players on both teams. The Padres manager, Jace Tingler, was upset because he gave Tatis the take sign, which he said was because the Padres were up seven runs at the time. In other words, uh, Tatis said he missed the sign. Uh, but but Tingler, to me, was being aware of this particular unwritten rule about not swinging, you know, 3-0 with a 10-3 lead. Because I think he was uh, trying to protect the kid. Didn't want to get him thrown at. But the rule itself, I think, is BS in this day and age. Where teams can can routinely score five, six runs in an inning. Yeah. Well, you know, that side of it's kind of tough. A lot of teams do come back from that stuff. But, you you know, the, I've seen a lot of people bring that up, that it happens. But it's it's pretty rare. Um you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough subject for me because I have a totally different perspective from my couch now than I did when I was playing. Right. Um, when you look at stuff like that, you know, it's it's is it good for the game? Is that swing itself and the home run good for the game? And I think the answer is yes. You know, it, the more those type of swings you can see a guy put on it, the, the entertainment aspect of it, um, the game's just kind of divided on all that. Um, you know, as a pitcher, that wasn't one that ever really bothered me. But it's it, it's kind of these rules have been in place for so long because baseball is just a hard game. And I think a long time ago, everybody just kind of agreed, let's just not be assholes to each other. You know, let's uh -huh. let's just kind of keep it cool. And, and there was just kind of some guidelines set. Now, they're not official rules, but most guys follow them. But the game itself's changed a ton, you know, and, and it's it's kind of it's a debate of what's good for baseball versus how it's always done. And, and I've been I keep getting myself caught in the middle on it. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, if, if, if your manager gives you the take sign, he's trying to look out for you and, and he swings anyway, it's one of those moments that, that he'll just learn from. Um, and I saw, you know, you see a video of him apologizing today for hitting a grand slam. Mm -hmm. Um, that itself's not good for the game, you know, entertainment wise, but, um, it, it's hard because the game's just changing so much that a lot of that stuff's going by the wayside and, and you see all the pitchers or, or like take example, um, Soto pimping that home run last night and Will Smith yelling at him. Mm -hmm. You know, pitchers, the, the answer is, because you can't really throw it, guys, anymore, the answer for me has been pitchers need to start doing a lot of that shit themselves. Mm -hmm. And and just, you know, if, if you get a lot more opportunities, like if Jacob deGrom wants to go out and moonwalk after every strikeout, what can you do about it? You know, and, it, and that kind of gives the hitters a taste of their own medicine, you know, mm -hmm. when they do that. And everybody talks about the raw emotion. And I guess like I'm the man right now is kind of a raw emotion too. And it oozes out of guys, but I don't know, man, I keep getting kind of just caught in between yeah. on how I feel about it all, but it, it doesn't bother me nearly as much not being on the field. I can see where a former player like yourself would, and you came in that era when it's kind of transitional now, you yeah. know, in the, in the immediate aftermath, at least of your, of your time it is. Um, I can see where you get caught in the middle because as a guy who's covered the sport for a quarter of a century now, I get caught in the middle, you yeah. know? And I've, oh, I can look at myself as, as completely old school in most regards. Yep. And uh, I'm the same way as you though. I, I like, I, I understand. Uh, I don't want to see guys. I went from never wanting to see guys pimp it or if they did to expect to get one in the ear, like they did for, you know, for decades and decades to, I actually find it entertaining, you know, when to see it. And maybe that's just because sports has changed so much and other sports are so entertaining like basketball and seeing guys celebrate yeah. dunks and everything. And you start to think, well, why can't baseball have some of that too? And you swing when, and when guys start doing it, you go, that's actually entertaining. I got to admit that's entertaining. Um, well, yeah, it is. And you know, you, if you think about, think about that Iverson play in the playoffs, I think it was like 2001 over, he, he crossed yeah. over Tyron Lue, shot a yeah. jump over him. And then stepped over him. Yeah. You still see kids doing that today. Iconic moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that's where I get torn because I'm looking at it from the perspective of what's good for the game to grow right now. And, and you're struggling to get youth involved. Um, a lot of that stuff that that was tamed and kind of toned down over the years, it's that's what kids remember. I remember Griffey was my favorite player growing up because he walked yeah. on the homers, you know. So that's where I get torn in between is what's what's best for the growth of the game versus doing the things the way that that's kind of respectful to your opponent. 
Yeah, I mean, it has to evolve like everything does. But because we went from think about it, we went from Griffey wearing his hair backwards, and that was like you know, it's, hat, it's, like yeah. Obama, it's like Obama wearing a tan suit was like, oh my God, he's wearing a tan suit. And yeah. now it's only been a few years and it seems ridiculous that it was an uproar. Well, Griffey wearing a cap backwards, who cares now? Nobody would care if you wore your cap backwards now in batting practice, you know? Um, but the other thing is just too, there's so many guys throwing hundred miles an hour that don't have good command. So you can't expect a guy to Correct. send a message by hitting a guy, you know, Correct. in the in the hip or in the thigh. I mean, you can't be throwing at guys when you don't know where it's going. You're watching, you know, just last night we're watching Tukey throw. He's throwing 98, and he's walking the he's walking the yard. And he, it's, you're going to have him send a message to somebody and 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 be sure he's not going to hit the guy in the face. I mean, I, the, I think that's know. the big. That's probably what. That's the scariest thing about it all is how the velocity guys are throwing with now. You know, back when everybody was sitting ninety ninety one, yeah. you wear one in the hip. The guy's got good control. You go to first, you take your message, and everybody moves on. But now everybody throws ninety eight and controls a lot less precise than it used to be. I mean, somebody could really wear one in the face. Um, and you know, if you're going to eliminate that side of the game, you got to expect a lot more. Um, kind of just antics from from hitters, yeah. and and that's why I'm saying you know if pitchers can't throw it throw it hitters, the way they can really get their message across is just to start doing the same crap back. But yeah, um, I don't know. And and I understand uh, to me the the one rule that he didn't the the one not sin but the one thing he did wrong Tatis was was he said he missed the sign. Okay, yeah. if he missed the sign, that's bad. But. If he did see the sign and he swung anyway, you can't do that. You got to listen. Your manager's to manage. You're there to play. The manager's to manage. If the manager gives you a take sign and you see it, you got to take. You know that's the that I, I don't. I, if he didn't get a take sign and he swung on three zero, I don't have a problem with it. You know, like I said, I've seen the Braves on both ends of games like this just yeah. in the last few years. Down ten three in the eighth inning, I've seen them blow a lead like that, and I've seen them come back, come back. multiple times from a deficit like that. Just last night, they scored four runs in the ninth inning of a game they looked completely dead, and they get two two-run homers in the ninth inning to beat the Nationals. So a 10-3 lead in the eighth is not at all insurmountable. So I don't have a problem with that. You know I, they could, you know how they could solve that? I saw Ron Darling made a comment on MLB Network, and I agree. If you bring, with all the ties that could happen this year in division standings, if you brought uh, scoring margin into the tiebreaker scenario, that would – erase the any controversy about pouring it on if you if you brought in uh, you know what i'm talking about yeah that's true yeah i mean that that, that could work um i don't know man i mean it's, it was just kind of a a, a gentleman's agreement there was a lot of gentlemen's agreements yeah. in the game that you know whatever if they're if they're out the window then they're out the window i think just everybody just needs to get on the same page right exactly that's the problem is if everybody's not on the same page if some still follow the unwritten rules then it doesn't work for you to, to say, screw it. I'm not following him, you know, because right. you might. <laughs> um, so Tingler said afterward, his message to Tatis was pretty simple. He said, just to make sure we get the signs 3-0 in that game, just to make sure. He said, and he's young, a free spirit and focused and all those things. And that's the last thing we'll ever take away. It's a learning opportunity and that's it. And he'll grow from it. He sounds a lot like Snicker in that regard. He doesn't want to, Snicker never wants to, uh, take the freedom and expression that Acuna has. He just tried to teach him a couple of simple lessons last year, like make sure that ball, if, if that was, if, if you got to run out that ball that ends up hitting the wall, just yeah. hustle, you know, cause it might not go out just little things like that. You're not trying to harness a guy and, and make him a robot and take away his freedom of expression. That's not what the Braves were trying to do with the veterans or snicker. were trying to do with Acuna. They just wanted him to make sure, you know, you know, don't cost your team a run by not running on a ball that ends up hitting the wall. Even if, you know, they're using a different ball and you thought it was going out, you know, it's a little things like that. And I thought Tingler, that's the message he was sending to Tatis. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny because anybody losing at anything in life doesn't like to have it rubbed in. You know, it's, it's right. But for whatever reason they're watching Tough TV, they, they love when an athlete, <laughs> yeah. you know, gets, gets shit on. But, it, you know, for me, it, it's something that, it's it's been I learned all those rules when I got to the big leagues, you know, or coming up through That's the minors. But you. but you you learn them when you mess them up, and it's it's a shame that this stuff, you know, it plays out through the media so much now that the guys apologizing on TV 
when normally it would have been handled in-house and he might have got thrown at the next day and it would have just been the team saying we saw yeah. it but like right. like we're talking about you know you can't how about if Tatis gets hit in the face you know <laughs> um that's bad for the game um but yeah that stuff's just been it's it's something that's been it's been a part of the game for a really long time but it's been going by the wayside for for years now um and that's that's part of the game just going younger too um yeah I mean, imagine like a Joe Canigliaro back with the Red Sox. His career was ruined when he got hit by the face. Phenom. Phenom is a rookie. Imagine if that happened with one of these guys today. How about if a guy had already signed a $100 million contract, you know? But what if a Tatis or an Acuna or a Soto got hit in the face? Because it happened to Canigliaro. Or, you could or see Posey some. when he got trucked at the plate. You know, yeah. the, the game just kind of got rid of that. Um, but if a guy got hit in the face like that, I mean, oh my, in this day and age – that would be shown so many times and it would be so is it wrong to throw at a guy for dominating you? I think absolutely it is. But as long as it's done, you better be aware it's being done and it might happen to you. As Chipper Jones came on this podcast last year when Acuna was involved in some of this stuff and he loves Acuna, but he said that, you know, Acuna, Acuna was not, I call it pimping it, call it just staring at his home run, whatever you want to call it. He was doing it. And that's what, you know, and, and I, I have no problem with that. But as Chipper said, because he got thrown at, Acuna got thrown at, sometimes fairly, you might say, and sometimes very unfairly by like the Marlins. The Marlins, was um, that wasn't right. That was ridiculous. But Chipper said that uh, the game doesn't forget. He said there's going to be some guys in the game that you're going to wear it. When you do that, you're going to wear it. It might not be that day. It might be the next day. It might be the next series uh, when you play that team again. But so as long as there's guys, older guys, either doing that themselves, throwing, you know, for uh, uh, that are following the unwritten rules or that are telling someone else, some younger guy to do it, then you better be aware of that. So if you're going to do that, don't be surprised if you get thrown at. That's, I mean, that's just, as long as the rules, as long as there's anybody following these rules, you got to be aware of that. And I think that's just where the game's at is everybody's trying to figure out if we're still doing yeah. this or not. And yeah. that, that's kind of, that's the hard part, you know, <laughs> you know, you get three Oh bases loaded and, and that's been a take for 20 years in that situation. And right. Nicasio has been in, in the game a long time. You think you got a free strike all of a sudden you got a 70 RA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's just kind of where the game needs to kind of get us settled. Um, it's are we doing this or not? You know, are, are we pimping homers? Are we being assholes? Are we are we playing a certain way um, where we're not rubbing it in our opponent's face and, and and we're showing some grace and showing some mercy? I don't think it matters either way. I just think everybody's got to get on the same page. Yeah, and there was a, and then on the other side, Rangers manager Chris Woodward said. I think there's a lot of unwritten rules that are constantly being challenged in today's game. Yep. Yeah, I didn't like it personally. You're up by seven in the eighth inning. It's typically not a good time to swing 3-0. It's kind of the way we were all raised in the game. But like I said, the norms are being challenged on a daily basis. So just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not right. I don't think we liked it as a group. Yeah, or you look at, you know, if reliever comes into a game in a – in a in a ten nothing game, and a reliever's throwing two o changeups and stuff, um, and that that's a tough one for the reliever because he might the guy pitching a ten nothing game, he might be getting sent to Gwinnett if he struggles. Yeah, you know, so so he's trying to put up his zero, um, and it, you, guys' livelihoods are on the line. Obviously, Tatis is going to stay in the big leagues either way, but you know, a lot of them you get put in these scenarios where you're not supposed to do something that could really help your career. And, and you go to arbitration or something like that, that grand slam is going to pay. Um, and so it's a, it's, it looks, it gets looked at as kind of selfish a lot of times, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like I said, everybody's got to get on the same page because if you're under the assumption that we're playing under these certain rules uh, and that's when it burns you, if, if you know the guys, Hey, these guys don't care. They'll swing first pitch of the game. They'll swing three Oh pitch. Um, up yeah. seven, you know, bases loaded that that changes how you approach it. And I think that's just kind of what, you know, probably pissed them off was you're just working on the assumption that nobody right. does that in baseball. And that's where it gets kind of lost with everybody getting mad about the unwritten rules or, and whatnot is there's guys falling and there's guys not. And, mm-hmm. and you, you wind up throwing a three Oh pitch middle away at the belt. Cause you think you're getting a free strike just out of courtesy and, and you mm-hmm. don't, you give up a grand slam. 
Yeah, Woodward said, I don't think we liked it as a group. Well, that was pretty apparent when the next guy, yeah. <laughs> he brings in uh, Ian, Jab- Jab- I can't pronounce Jabal's name, Jabal, Jabal. And he immediately threw a pitch behind Manny Machado, the next batter, behind him. So, and there, that's what I was talking about, guys that have no command. I mean, I don't think you meant yeah. to throw behind him. You probably meant to hit him in, in the butt or something, right? Well, you get going. ejected. You know, you get ejected now if you if you if you hit guys on purpose and stuff like that. So guys don't even get to practice it. And then you get right, in a situation right, where everybody's right. yelling at each other, yeah. and this guy's like, "All right, I got to do it." He hasn't thrown at anybody even coming up through the minors. Where you kind of learn that, you know, you learn how to hit guys in the belt and and how to control it and make sure you square them up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a guy just his first time throwing at somebody in his life, he throws it a foot behind him or he throws it a foot high and hits him in the face. Yeah, and, and and here's the part I think is bullshit about the, one of the unwritten rules to me, and I think there, there's different interpretations of it or, or ways to follow it. But to me, at least wait until you face Tatis again, that game, the next day, the next series, whatever, and throw at him if you insist on following the, these relic rules. Don't throw at his teammate the next guy up, Manny Machado, you know? But I mean, that's, a, that, that's kind of the point of, of throwing at his teammate is – yeah, I know. I know. You know that you want guys. That's how well, it's been get done. His ass too. Yeah. You want guys to to think you know they could hurt a teammate by doing something right, like that. Right. Right. Yeah. So if they don't scare, if they're not fearful themselves, then they'll take the wrath of their teammates, and at least, or at least they'll care about their teammates. Yeah. Uh, and you talk about entertainment. I mean, teams throwing at each other and fighting is great entertainment yeah. too. You know, it, but, it is, man. <laughs> and that's kind of you know where I stand is if you're going to eliminate that side of it, the the taking matters into our own hands side of it, then it's almost like, all right, we, everybody can do whatever they want now. Cause there's, there's really no other threat than a, a team screaming yeah. at you, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean the brawl, the, 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 the Braves Padres brawl that was shown a lot last week. Cause it was the anniversary of it. I mean, I miss that, man. I, I love too. Everybody and loves it. You don't want to see guys get hurt, but as long as nobody gets hurt, you know, if just a black eye or something, you know, that's fine. <laughs> that's yeah. entertaining stuff. It's great man. entertainment. Look at you hockey. Know, for- I mean, there's still half the people still tune into hockey to see the fights, even though there's not nearly as many. When when a good one breaks out and they let them go at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's good entertainment. And, and it's good entertainment seeing seeing that passion out of guys getting fired up yeah. and yelling at each other. But yeah. that side of the game has been eliminated. So, you know, it's, it's like kind of like the, the unwritten argue. rules really – you have no way to enforce them anymore. And that, that used to be yeah. – now you're just screaming at each right, other and the guy's right. apologizing in the media where before it would have just yeah. been handled in-house. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, Dansby was asked, Dansby Swanson was asked after uh, last night because he hit the walk-off home run, first of his entire uh, professional career. And, and he also had none at Vandy, by the way. He said the last time he hit a walk-off home run, he said it was eight, he was eight years old, which he said that on the same night on the other side of the country, La Stella hit a walk-off home run, former Brave for the Angels. And La Stella said it was almost like he had danced me a talk because he said it was the first time he'd hit a walk-off home run since he was seven. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> on the same night. But anyway, uh, Dansby was asked about that little Will Smith uh, Juan Soto contra Thompson Dan and, uh, Dansby was asked, did that kind of get you guys going? Cause I think that was the, uh, eighth inning when Will Smith gave it up. Right. Yep. And then, and then the brace come back and score, uh, four in the bottom of the ninth. And Dansby said, he just kind of laughed and he, or actually it was like, he just kind of shook his head and he goes, that's the furthest thing from our minds. He goes, people ask that and make a big deal out of it. He goes, really? That's the furthest thing from our minds. And I believed him. He said it. I could tell it, that that meant nothing to them. What when the little thing that happened between Soto and they were thinking about, all right, we got to get four runs in this end. That, but that was not what sparked it at all. No, this team comes back no matter what. They're they're yeah. never out of a game. And you know, even with that thing, everybody likes to say, you know, we want to see more raw motion. Well, getting pissed off raw motion too. Yeah. Um, and you can't blame a guy like Will Smith for oh, I, I no reacting and screaming. I mean, he's pissed he gave up a homer. You know, Bumgarner does it every time. You know, he yeah, gives up a home run. I got no problem with that. Suck. I like <laughs> yeah, I'd much not- rather see a guy do that than be expressionless. Much rather. And I think yeah. most fans would too. They want to see that you care, you yeah. know? They want to see that you care and you don't want it to be shown up by people. It's just human emotion. People can relate to that stuff, man, because yeah. they feel it every day in their lives. Yeah, so I got no problem with that at all. Somebody gets cut off in traffic, they scream yeah. at <laughs> you know, you scream at the car in front of you. I mean, it's just if you want to see raw motion, you got to accept that one too. So, 
the unwritten rules, you know, they've been, it's the way the game's been played for decades and decades and a hundred years, you know, or more. And people who don't understand that it isn't going to change overnight. They kind of need right. to take a step back and go, you know, cause everything right now, everybody wants immediate reaction, immediate results, but just cause you want it and just cause you've decided, you know, or a generation has decided that these unwritten rules are thing of the past. That means they're going to change overnight. It's going to be a slow evolution of younger players coming in and taking over the game and being the leaders of their teams. And then those players moving into coaching positions and managing positions. That's what it's going to take for any rules change in the unwritten yeah, rules are not followed. You know, in 20 years, none of this will even be there anymore. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You, you used to go, you go to a nice steakhouse or something, the guy next to you at the table's wearing flip-flops. <laughs> like every, the world's just changing <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Or airplanes, people used to wear suits and now you got the guy in his, he's, he hasn't even showered. He, you know, he rolled right out of bed. Exactly. He's still in his sweatpants. <laughs> you could spend all your time getting pissed off and worked up about it, but that, you know, yeah. the, the world's just always changing. And from that's, that's why I watch the game now, just from an entertainment standpoint and, it's not hard for me to accept, but I'm also not, you know, I might've been pissed if I was on the mound and gave up that yeah. homer, but it's, I'm in a totally different position now. Meanwhile, Tatis isn't going to be slowed by any unwritten rules. Like Acuna no. isn't, well, unless some idiot throws at his head and breaks his jaw or, or at his hands and breaks his wrist. But Hey, no, I mean, he'll probably take that pitch next time. Um, you can't live in that fear. Yeah, he will. And, 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 but, and that's not going to make him a lesser player either, you know, no. but that's a, that little rule. Just, just if your manager gives you takes, unfollow it. I guess just, you know, the way I looked at it was it, it was it's kind of cool in my mind that those unwritten rules have just I just I like calling them gentlemen's rules, you know, because it just uh-huh. sounds a little better. But um, those rules lasted that agreement, you know, kind of just a silent agreement between two yeah. parties just to treat each other with some a certain level of respect. And it was all pretty much agreed on. You know, I, I think yeah. it's cool that that all stayed around as long as it did. But because it didn't games, happen in other sports. No, it didn't. And it's not hurting other sports either. But, you know, I always thought it was pretty cool that there was just kind of this agreement of, of you know, showing a little mercy and, and doing things a certain way that mm-hmm. you didn't really rub it in your mm-hmm. opponent's face. But once you got guys bat flipping and doing all that other stuff, I mean, it's, it's kind of just all out, out the window now. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, it's not a contact sport like football, for one, but the fact that you play every day and you play these teams so many times a year, unlike football where you play them one time and you play once a week and everything's like blood sport. Baseball was just different. It's a different sport. You play every day. You don't practice every day. You play. So there have to be some rules to keep it civil, you know, to keep it manageable. You know, you, every day can't be a, yeah. you know, fisticuffs, you know, right. <laughs> every, right, right. to get through a 162 game season. Every day can't be so emotional. Right. And, it, you know, the, the answer, if you don't like something the opponent did, you know, obviously throw a better pitch or whatever. But yeah, I think if batters are in fear that the pitcher is going to start doing all this, you know, give them a taste of their own medicine. And, and for whatever reason, pitchers have been, except for maybe Bauer, yeah. or a couple other guys, Stroman, most pitchers are pretty tame. Um, but it's it's a frustrating game. And it's frustrating enough just to suck at it. And then you look at your opponent and he's dancing around. You know, it, it makes yeah. sense why guys right. get pretty emotional out there. How did you learn about the unwritten rules? Was there anybody that took you aside? Was there was did you sit around one day at a hot tub with beers and somebody's explaining them to you? Or was no. it one of those things that you just absorbed them slowly over time? You no, just like Tatis last night. You know, right. now now he knows up. that he never knew that before. Right. You know, he, he didn't he he didn't know it was kind of a bush move to do it. Um, but you just you do it. Somebody pulls you aside, just like you saw Hosmer do, and tell him like, hey, you know, we really don't swing there usually. You know, right. that's, that's not the move. And then you don't do it. Um, and, and that's how I learned pretty much everything I learned. Like I'm saying, I, I would come into a game when I was a rookie and I'd throw a 2-0 slider because I didn't want to give up a home run on a 2-0 fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you have a veteran or a catcher say, hey, you know, we're up 10 today and you're you're, yeah. you're you're just spinning slop up there to, to try to not give up your own runs and whatnot. And and like I said, you know, me personally as a rookie, I was just thinking, well, I, I don't want to give up a homer. I, I don't right, I want right. to stay in this league. I'm trying to put up numbers right. that, that keep me in this league. <laughs> um, so, you know, some of it doesn't make sense to you at first. But once you realize, hey, we're all on the same page and this is how we do it up here, you say, oh, OK, cool. And yeah. that's all that's all last night really had to be. But the, that's the hard part is that it's all played out in the media now. And he's he's actually yeah. apologizing on TV, which I, I yeah. don't think he, he – you just, you know, it, you just say we'll handle it in-house. And, and 
it, it gets yeah. played out on the field. But if you can't police it on the field, then it's got to go through the media. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, he's the son of a longtime player, you know. Yeah. But I, I guess that's not something that you know when dad's playing off in the major leagues and you're playing travel ball or high school ball, right? Like, yeah, you're not going to have that conversation unless it actually was an incident, you know, where his dad, where it happened to his dad, or where it happened to him, and you don't have unwritten rules in high school ball. So, you no. know, I could see where it's not really something his dad might have talked to him about at this point, you know, even if he grew up in a game like he did. Yeah, I thought about that too when I saw it, but he's probably just, you know, his dad might have said it to him. It's he's a young guy. He took a he saw a yeah. fastball he liked and he crushed it. You know, I think it was really that simple for him. <laughs> or if dad told him, he might have done it because dad told him, you know, just normal <laughs> yeah. kid rebelling against dad. Yeah, you don't know their relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have no idea. But anyway, hey, what's an unwritten rule you think is actually as legit as good things still? Anything um, come to mind? I mean, there's so many of them, right. I, you know, just that, that one's not a bad one for me. I just, I like the rules that are just about just showing some mercy, mm-hmm. um, you know, just not rubbing it in your opponent's face mm-hmm. because I know, I know that pain of, of everything you put into the game to get to that level, uh, all the hard work you put to get there. And I know how bad it hurts when you struggle and it, it just, it sucks even more when you got somebody just dancing around and rubbing it in your face. Like I had right. that thing. I had a, a, thing with Jose Bautista, uh, 2017, it was like a, I think it was, we were up five or something like that. And he hit a home run off me and bat flipped it. Like he just won the world series. And then he stared me down and it was kind of, for me, it was the stare down that bothered me. Cause I didn't know we were beefing, you know, I didn't know yeah. this was, I didn't know this was personal and I wish oh, I would have, cause that. It, sometimes that locks you in. I um, remember your comment after that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, I wasn't as mad about really any of it. I just kind of said some stuff because that's yeah. that's how I was supposed to feel about it, you know. But right, the only right. thing that really bothered me was the stare down because right. <laughs> I don't know this guy, you know. I'm just I'm just a, a reliever with a seven ERA trying to just stay yeah. in the league, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't doing too well at the time either. I think he's like hitting two hundred, and he was just and probably. And he'd gotten his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. And, before that. Well, and that by was my kind of my. Odor. Yeah, it's like, man, once you get clipped by a second baseman, you don't get to stare people down and act tough anymore. <laughs> that was kind of my basis, but, um, yeah, you know, it's it, those things happen, and you, you just it hurts, man. It hurts to struggle. It hurts to have somebody rub it in, and and I think it's it's cool that the game had agreed for so long not to rub it in your opponent's face, but. Joey Bats, it was funny because that was his whole image that he had, yep, the stare downs, guy. the bat flips. It's like, dude, you can't do that anymore. Nope. Rubenet Odor, everybody saw it play out, just destroyed you. Yeah, that has got to go by the wayside after you get clipped by a second baseman. <laughs> so you got you got to change your whole MO, man. Yeah. <laughs> and normally, you know, I I'd never would say stuff like that, but I right. myself was, was kind of emotional. <laughs> I was caught resist. up in my struggles at the time, and I was just like, well, this guy acting tough. <laughs> You, know, you were waiting was, for us to ask. Yeah, I was. That, that's the only time I really ever waited to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was great. We were like, wow, that was a great quote from a flaherty. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up having uh having Joy Bats here. <laughs> yeah. Which I've I mean, you know, I've heard he's a good guy. But, he is a good guy, yeah. But the but whole the way, act, he, was, way he was, was acting act. on the field was was rubbing a lot of people wrong the wrong it way. It rubbed Rod Matt O'Doer wrong. Oof. Yeah, he wasn't having it. Uh and and oh yeah. Anyway, um, Right, so what's a dumb one in your view? Any come to mind? Or Not one really. that you've come around on, evolved on? You've you mentioned some of those basically. I mean, the, the general, good one, you, well, a good one for me would have been the one with Acuna last year. Right. Uh, where it actually hurt his team. And, and when you get into ones that actually hurt your team, um, I'm usually on board with that. Like, and, and I think you saw it. His team really didn't back him up when, when, the, when the Cardinals threw at him. And it wasn't because they don't love him, but it was more like, you know, there's this is the best way to learn that lesson is that the other team might throw at you or or, uh-huh. or something for for doing that and then not getting to second base. But when right. the Marlins threw at him uh, for being good, you I mean I've never seen Snit so outraged. And the whole team came to his defense. Everybody did. Yeah. Crying, guys were crying in the clubhouse afterwards. Freddie was yeah. crying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he could have broke his wrist. You know, I mean, right. he almost did get hit there. I, that's the type of thing that yeah. you, you want to protect your teammates over. And Freddie had had his wrist broken by getting hit in the wrist, so I think yeah. he, he, he hurt him more. But yeah, they were they all came to his defense that day. Um, 
Yeah, that was after that was Chipper after that Cardinal series. That's when Chipper made that comment. By the way, that yeah, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna wear it once in a while if you do that. But well, um, Chipper did it. Chipper did it against the Phillies. Um, one yeah. of the only times he really. I mean, he walked halfway to first base because, yeah. and I was involved in that one too. I gave up yeah. a homer to uh, Carlos Ruiz. He got me, and and I think it put him up by three or four. You know, it's a big swing in the game, but he kind of he kind of walked or did some kind of pimp job and and chipper didn't like it and uh-huh. chipper said if we get them back i'm i'm gonna let them know and okay. that night he had a walk-off <laughs> or, of, or uh, it might not have been a walk-off it might have been a big homer bottom eight or something like that but he's at papelbon i think it was off papelbon yeah it, it hit a lefty hit a homer to right center and he let him know and he never did that kind of stuff so right right I, that's that's more where i'm at with everything is it should just be at this point yeah. it's just eye for an eye yeah. um if, if the rangers ever get a shot to you know, run up the score on the Padres. You can't be mad at this point um, if, if they do that. But even in basketball, you know, if, if you got a guy like I guess the play in basketball that'll happen is you know at the end of the game they're trying to run out the clock and you go steal the ball and dunk it. You oh, know, yeah. is that is that really necessary? Kansas had that done to him last year. I, yeah, I, I was watching. Yeah, I watched my my guys till the end, and uh, that happened against them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Because they were just running out of clock, and the guy from the other team stole it and went down and dumped. Which is kind of what you're doing when you're That's bringing push. in your 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 you know yeah. last guy out of the pen, and he's just trying to but get you're through showing, an inning. And, and, and you're you showing mercy there, you know, like you yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. Um, Braves turn to changing the subject here. Braves turn to Josh Tomlin to start tonight, Tuesday night, because Brian Snicker is tired of watching young guys walk four, five, six batters in three innings and tax yeah. the bullpen. And because in a 60-game season, it's different than 162. There is an urgency, as we've already seen with the demotion of Fulte after his first regular season start and after Newcomb. I've made a few of them, uh, most of which were bad. So we we talked about this last week and how we thought Tom was too valuable in the pen. They probably wouldn't move him because of that. But I think a lot happened in the interim. And those and, and those same guys kept walking the yard, and the Braves lost four in a row between Max Fried starts because he pitched brilliantly in his two, and they lost the four between that. And I think that's when they made the decision, we can't just keep doing this. We can't keep running the guys out there like we might if we weren't competing or or even if it was a 162-game season. we got to change something right now. Josh Tomlin's pitching great. Plus, they're getting Chris Martin back from the, in the pen, and they got uh, – and they got Will Smith back last week, and I think they they thought we can absorb this in a pen now. We couldn't have before. Yeah, so I think well, that's I, how the, 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 it evolved. The main thing is it's just tiring to watch. You know, it's it's oh, yeah. agonizing to sit through a start where a dude throws like thirty four balls or thirty four strikes and seventy something pitches. You know, I mm-hmm. I think that the team's just getting desperate at this point, and they're trying different stuff and trying to trying to fill these holes, but. Um, you know, like I said, I think Tom was super valuable in the in the uh, bullpen. But if you can get five at this point, if you can get five at, five innings out of him, um, that'd be huge. You know, you got to try it. If you could have one more guy that you know is going to give you at least a decent start, um, you yeah. got to at least try it. And you got you got that out of the newcomer Robbie Erlin, you know, former Padres yep. starter who was in Pittsburgh's bullpen last year. He came in and gave them exactly what they wanted. And uh, people were like, "Why are they starting Robbie Earl? And why don't they bring up you know Ian Anderson?" And he went, he went in against the Marlins and gave up one hit, no walks, and four innings, four scoreless innings. And it was only his second start since uh, 2018. So they're hoping for the same type of thing from Tomlin. And I won't be surprised if he gives it to him. But that can really give you a shot in the arm. And now they've won three in a row. You know they had lost four in a row. They get a great start from Freed, followed by Erlin. Then last night they overcome a bad start from Tukey with just doing the things they've been doing, great bullpen, and then that offense that just comes up with big hits at the end of games again and again. Well, and that's the thing, too, is you don't need Tomlin to go throw seven shutout. You just need right. to keep the team in the game. Um, and there's been there's been a lot of games that they've wound up scoring six or seven runs and losing by two. Uh, you just you know you just can't have those kind of starts from your rotation Um Matuki, you know, when he throws strikes, he's pretty nasty. But to watching yeah. a guy trying to find the zone or, or just honestly, it's just dealing with the inconsistency, not knowing what you're going to get out of guys. I think they feel like they at least know Tomlin's going to be in the zone and give him a shot. Right, right. And I think we're going to see Ian Anderson or Tucker Davidson soon. Uh, soon enough. Yeah, you're past the, you know, the super two days and all that. And, and I think that now you'll see 
the Braves give them a shot. They have nothing to lose by doing it and plenty to gain potentially, you know, because it looks like the trade deadline is going to be really strange and not a whole lot going on. So you can't count on getting a big starter then, you know, you and you can't really wait another two, three weeks for the for the trade that two weeks for the trade deadline. So I think you could at least uh, and you can always if you, if you bring up one of those guys, one of those uh, prospects, you can always give them a few starts. And then if you can still pull off a trade, there's nothing there's no reason why they can't go back down if you wanted to do that, or if they struggle at all, or if they're pitching great, Hey, you need, you need like three starters right now, you know, in addition to free. So there's nothing to, there's nothing to lose by bringing up one of those guys now. And they're still trying to make a trade for whoever, you know, Lance Lynn or, you know, I've even heard about the Indians possibly trading <laughs> Clevenger or Plesak. They're so disappointed in them, which would be really bold considering how good those guys were pitching. I mean, Plesak had some great numbers. But, well, yeah, especially after everything they've gone through over there right, in Cleveland. Right. Do you want to take one of those guys on when when all their teammates are? I, I think uh, it was maybe Perez or somebody said they're not they're they're leaving if these guys stay on the team and they had to send uh-huh. them down. Yeah, yeah. So you want to bring so, one of those guys into this mix? I don't know. It, it, yeah, I mean, if a team wants to to, to gamble, it might be a, a pretty cheap uh, uh, buy. For guys that are pitching really well and healthy, so I don't know. I, if I were them, I'd try to go get a Lance Lynn, but I just don't know if he's going to be available. I mean, he's pitching so well; and he's got a year, affordable year left on his contract. It's obviously going to cost you something, but well, and that's a tough spot the team's in is, is you you have to go through this process of getting answers and giving guys opportunities mm-hmm. and letting this position sort itself out. But at the same time, you've got sixty games to try to yeah. make the playoffs, and at, you know those these starts when when you got your starter come out and. They got four walks in the second inning, yeah. and you're having to yank them and get yeah. your bullpen up. It's it's exhausting as for a manager. It's exhausting for fans, organization, teammates. You know, everybody wants these guys to do well, and you just you're at a point where you just have to kind of grind it out and get answers. And there's going to be some ugly starts until until guys step up. I think everybody knows how exhausting it is because they watch it from home. But explain to people how exhausting it is for teammates because defenders, people don't think about the defense. They're back there on their heels, and it is torturous for them to stand and stand and stand and watch ball after ball after ball. It's torturous for everybody. I mean, you know, it's hard for me not to turn the TV off. Yeah. Um, and I have that luxury now. You don't have that luxury as an as a shortstop. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you're just yep. sitting there waiting for the for the ball Try to get over to the plate, alert. waiting for action. Um, and that that's one of the bigger – you know, plus sides of, of throwing strikes and why everyone talks about throwing strikes because mm-hmm. it keeps your defense in the game, pitching to contact. Mm-hmm. Um, you get plays made behind you. Uh, and you like Erlen, Erlen just came out through strikes and had a great start. And obviously you don't just throw the ball down the middle. You got to throw quality pitches, but um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really good way to just, it puts your lineup in a lull too. You know, if they stand out there for a 27 yeah. pitch inning, you know, standing on their heels and then they got to go try to get loose and hit 97. Yeah. Uh, it, there's just so yeah. many benefits of keeping the game flowing and throwing strikes. Man, defenders don't love anything more than they love guys who work quick and those yep. strikes. <laughs> yeah, everybody they loves that. They just praise them till the end of the earth. But that's that's another side of the game going young and and the strike zone smaller, so you got to have way more guys throwing hard. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's just the way the game's going. That that that's kind of the tug of war of you know what's good for baseball with the approach being. Everybody can hit a home run now because the balls. I still think the balls are juiced this year. They're flying oh, like I, crazy. I think so for sure. Uh, yeah. But then you got guys throwing ninety eight, and you got guys selling out for homers because you know if they run into it, they run into it. But it's hard to hit ninety eight, and the balls. There's no control. The balls all over the place. You know, entertainment yeah. wise, I don't know if it's if it's good for the game or not. But that's just that's just one of the downsides of it all. Papelbon. Speaking of Papelbon, we were talking about just now guys that that work quickly. God. Papelbaum, when he came in the game, and I used to be, I'd be on deadline writing for the newspaper. God, I hated when Papelbaum came in the game. Every yeah. pitch was drama. Yeah. He was like, look at me. Every pitch. He'd step off the mound, go through the whole routine, rub the ball up, look and do that stare over the top, over under his hat brim, you know, over his glove. It was just, that guy was, I, I hated watching that guy pitch, <laughs> especially when he wasn't that great anymore. But he still acted like he it. was. Yeah. God, he's tiresome. Oof. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, 
it's tough as a pitcher because there's like that bias guy for the Dodgers that works slower than anybody in history. Or I played with Miguel Batista. He used to take his time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you got to do what works for you. And, and some right. guys get sped up and they suck. Uh, but, you know, especially I think it's especially out of starters, just not throwing strikes. If, if a guy's working kind of slow, but yeah. he's getting the ball over the plate and there's action, it's right. tolerable. Right. But when you're just walking, you know, four, five, six guys, um, yeah, and every think, every counts deep too. You know, yeah, ball oh, one, yeah. strike one, ball it's two, terrible. ball three, strike, foul ball. It's it's tough to watch. I think it was well, so much worse for for the team for a starter because at least when a closer's doing it, the game is close, so they're right. wired in anyway. Yeah. You know, you can deal with Pavelbine. It's just tough for me to watch. You know, I'm yeah. just being selfish. But as players, yeah, as players, it's, you it's, know, if it, if it's a close game and it's your closer and he gets the job done, you'll wait as yeah. long as you have to. But if but it's if second inning. If second inning, you've already given up five, and you're still oh. just kind of dilly dallying. I mean, it, it your teammates will check out on you. And it's hot, and especially right now. There's nobody in the stands. Yeah. You can't even look up there and be like distracted. That's why there's not big crowds at the rookie ball games. It's <laughs> it's just ball one, ball two, strike, yeah. ball three, and every hitter's like that. And there's a lot of strikeouts and and slow, slow. Uh, it's just not good baseball. It's not fun to watch. Uh, so the Braves have a three-game winning streak now, despite playing without Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies, both of them out with wrist injuries, neither of whom is expected back before the end of the week. They've both been slow to heal, uh, especially Acuna. They initially didn't even put him on the IL. They thought he was going to be back you know, in a couple of days when he got hurt during that road trip. Uh, it turns out it was worse. He came in sore, and he's still sore. He was still sore yesterday. And so he's eligible to come off Friday, but that's not going to happen, barring some dramatic turn. And Albies uh, has only started – he's hitting coach pitch from one side, he's switch hitters, hitting coach pitch from one side, and only off the tee from the other. So he's still obviously got several days away, I would think. So, I mean, for them to have a three-game winning streak without those guys and one of the games against uh, – you know, two of the games against the Marlins who were in first place before they – Braves beat them twice, and the Nationals, who are defending World Series champs, even if they're not playing great right now. Uh, they're hanging in there, man. They're still – Braves are in first place now. So They just have winners. You know, they just got competitors. Yeah. I think that's something that it's so hard because there's no stat for it, but yeah. it's so hard to to okay. really gauge teams knowing how to win. But this team this team just knows how to win. You know, they they work together. They come back. They, they stay in games and – you know, a, a lot of teams would fall apart right now after losing Soroka, Acuna, Ozzy, um, not being able to, have to figure out your starting pitching. But um, this team just has something to it. You know, they just have great chemistry and find a way to get back in or stay in or, or win every game. You're playing without Acuna and Ozzy, and Freddie is not being Freddie yet. You know, he's having some hits, but he's not done, he's not going on a tear like Freddie's capable of doing. How big has Nick Marcakis being back with his team been? I mean, it's been huge. He's Looking been last night. Been on base three times, starts that ninth inning rally, was hit by a pitch, has two hits before that. It just he's getting big hits too, you know. Yeah. Walk off homer, he hit that big double the other day, even blooping in the single and they yeah. got a run in. You Drove know, they don't matter. Three of the four runs in that game you're talking about. And those are the type of things that, you know, you just can't you can't put value on having having a guy like that. Cause if he pops up in one of those at bats, his numbers mm-hmm. don't change much. But how big a difference did those hits make for the game? Yeah. Two out hits, two strike hits. Uh, you know, he had he had three of the four RBIs in a game we talking about two days ago, and then he drives in the first run last night. So he had driven in what four out of five runs in one stretch. So yeah, he's been uh, he's been huge, and uh, Adam Duvall has been terrific. Yep. So some people didn't want him to tender him, and this guy, where would they be without him right now? Him, I mean, Ozuna's been a been a big pickup. You know, yeah. he's got some big hits, yeah. but. And that's kind of that's what good teams do, you know. When, right. When you lose these guys, you've lost. Um, good teams have guys that 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 are just they, they're of that mindset that well, I got to step up, and and they've had so many guys step up um, that that's why they're still in all these games and they're they're still doing pretty well. Um, last thing, did you notice that Juan Soto, who's been terrific by the way, Jesus, since he since he his came swing, off the list, his yeah, swing is off. incredible. Seventh homer last night in eleven games since he was. He came off the COVID list, but he, the, he's 21 years old. He wasn't even the youngest nationals player to hit a home run last night. <laughs> Louis Garcia, three months past his 20th birthday. 
He is the first player born this century to hit a home run in the majors. He was born May 16th, 2000. How old does that make you feel? So old. I, mean, I was in high school. <laughs> I was in high school in 2000. This guy was just being born. Um, I remember we, just when I started seeing guys in the big leagues that were born in the 90s, it was it was yeah. hard to wrap my head around. But that's part of why, you know, that's part of why I say, that, you know, the game's just changing so much. And, it, and my time and, and my era is kind of, it's over, you know, it, it's past. And it's hard to sit here and, and tell guys that are that are able to do it now how they're supposed to do it you know you get a generation kind of gets ushered out and you're still sitting on your couch mad about the way they're doing it now it just doesn't make sense to me right right good well said he's also the uh, youngest to homer within the his first three games in the majors since Juan Soto uh, and he's the third youngest in franchise history to homer behind Soto and Bryce Harper so there you go a little Nats history there but yeah, this kid, he wears braces, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, that, that one hurts. You give up a homer to do with braces. Is, <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough spot to be in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he drove the first pitch he saw over the right center wall, two-run homer. First of his career, obviously. 20 years, 93 days. I just uh, – I think about that all the time, too, man. Like, if you just you're, – you're asking guys that – you're asking guys to to do things and act in a certain way, and then you look back at you know when I was 20 years old, how yeah. I was behaving. You know, I wasn't ready for any of these type of rules. I was just trying to survive in the game, and and the dumb decisions you were making, and all these things. The pressure that get puts on these young players is is, is kind of crazy. But yeah, or even you know the stuff Acuna did last year. You got to remember how young he is. It, yeah, it, it, 22 no is a kid. 21 is it's a kid. You're gonna make yeah. a lot of dumb mistakes. So it's hard to be too hard on on anybody in the game that's that young. Well said. All right. Well, the Braves uh, got the rest of the series against the Nats. They could open up some more distance uh, in the division standings. We'll see what Tomlin does Tuesday night. And I think we could see a prospect or two called up in the next week or so. Pitching prospect. And I'm not going to be surprised if Pache is called up because Ender Inciarte is really struggling once again and not hitting the ball hard at all. And even his defense isn't what it used to be. He's not played great defense this year. So, might be time. Pache can't do any worse offensively, and he'd give you better defense. So, You think he's better I, at this point? Defensively? Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Mm. No. Ender yeah, just this year has made a couple of nice plays, but overall his defense has not been exceptional at all. Mm. So, I know. I know. He's still a young guy, but he's just not Didn't playing see that the same coming. defense. I know. Yeah. I think it's carrying over. I think the frustrations are carrying over from offense, which you know happens sometimes. Yeah, and you know you get you get a little older. That, that first yeah, step yeah. gets a little slower. I mean, that's yeah, it happens. All right, well, we'll be back and uh, talk to you again on Friday. Seven fifty-five is real. We are out. Mm-hmm.